Hello, Vitamizers, and welcome back once again to the How Do You Health podcast. I'm Allison here in Austin, Texas with MSW Lounge, and we've got an awesome episode for you today with a super cool girl who um, will be likely guest hosting some of our podcasts in the future, so we're really excited to do her debut podcast with us before she possibly takes over some of the future episodes. But before we get into that, as always... Flaps to Fitness is an online wellness company that specializes in mindful eating, personalized workout programs, and offers a subscription workout program for 20-minute workouts you can do anywhere. It is also a social media content firm for creation and scheduling of content and engagement with your fans on a variety of platforms, including this podcast. Find out more at flabstofitness.com. That's F-L-A-B-S-T-O fitness.com. Slenderella is a vitamin shot and IV blend that was designed to help your liver function optimally. It got its name when the creators started noticing that liver detox was causing many clients to lose weight. Now there is a whole line of different Slenderella blends that you can customize for your needs, as well as a supplement line to support all of your Slenderella goals. You can find distributors and more information at SlenderellaUSA.com. MSW Lounge, sorry guys, I don't know what is up with my voice today is located in Westlake Hills in Austin, Texas. They provide a variety of services, including vitamin shots and IVs, the whole Slenderella family, concierge medicine, chiropractic, massage therapy, a vitamin drink bar, tons of other local company offerings for ways to clean up your health and naturally stay healthy for a long time. Find out more at mswlounge.com. Last but not least, Athletic Outcomes is Austin's boutique wellness studio focusing on functional fitness and sports recovery. Located in Southeast Austin, AO provides services such as personal training, group classes, pre- and postnatal training, nutrition coaching, massage therapy, chiropractic, recovery compression boots, and MSW lounge vitamin shots. It is your one-stop shop for health and wellness. Check them out on social media at Athletic Outcomes to stay up to date on their events and programs. All right, guys, our guest today is the wonderful Jenny Weaver. She's super cool. She's got a really interesting health story, and she's pregnant um, as of the recording of this podcast. Doesn't really look like it at all. She's six months in, and she looks fantastic. She's a Pilates instructor and um, currently in nutrition school, but I feel like she probably kind of knows everything, and as she says, I think, in the podcast, she just kind of wanted to get the piece of paper to have the credibility, but... She knows her stuff. She's awesome, and we love talking with her, and we can't wait to have her back on as a guest host in future episodes. So here is Jenny Weaver. Hi, guys. Welcome to the How Do You Health podcast. We're here live once again on Facebook Live and on Instagram TV over at MSW Lounge. And uh, we are here uh, talking to Jenny Weaver. She is a Pilates instructor and yoga instructor, and soon to be mom mm-hmm. and lovely smile and she's also <laughs> going through some you know, uh, she does a lot of chefing right mm-hmm. and uh where'd you get that at matthew kinney in california this is a raw food culinary school yes yeah, so she's an expert in raw foods are you vegan or not vegan 
Not currently, not for pregnancy. It didn't work, but normally I am. But normally you're mm-hmm. perfect. And she's also going through some nutrition coaching, and uh, she's here to tell us a little bit about how she helps and the things that she's done in her life. She's got a pretty interesting story. We were talking about it earlier, so I'm excited to share that with you guys. But uh, uh, And then obviously we have Jonathan down over here, Nurse Doza. And uh, <laughs> we're going to get to some nice questions. And me, Baldo, I'm Tex-Mex Yogi. Let's do this. Cool. Well, Jenny was actually on Tuesday, right? Mm-hmm. This is when we did it. So yeah. you were guest hosting, and she'll be on again in the future to do that. That was fun. Mm-hmm. We had about, what, five people? Yeah. Five, six people? Mm-hmm. It was five. You hit five, yeah, you fit five people into the shot. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, cool. So uh, we had talks about you coming on mm-hmm. and sharing your story. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to jump into it or not, but like, Baldo mentioning all those things that you're tackling right now is also part of like what you do to tell other people how to help them their selves right like because mm-hmm. you essentially had to do everything on your own to figure out what you need to do to treat yourself right absolutely okay so and how did all that start tell us what's going on well I think for me what I've started doing now is just to kind of legitimize and give it give it some concrete um backing to everything in the last 10 years that I just learned from life experience you know it's like and I think that that's really the best way to speak to people to try to help them because you can relate to them you can sympathize and you have empathy for them because they've gone through or are going through something that um was very hard to go through for me and I still um go back to some of the in my mind I can go back to some of the emotions that I had when I was just healing a lot of depression a lot of like struggle because I think now it's more readily available like the healthy lifestyle at least here in Austin maybe not all over the country but um so yeah I think you kind of feel a little bit alone when you're going through it very isolated and you're having to do your own research and it takes a lot of work and a lot of courage I think um but it started I think young I was really young I had a lot of dental work when I was really young my dad was a dentist um I think we spoke about this too he um I had a lot of dental work done and that can be very toxic especially at a young age and was on a lot of antibiotics from that um so I think probably starting at 15 or 16 I was taking antibiotics I was taking birth control, I was taking um, a host of other things just to, about Adderall, just to make me think clearly because I had so much brain fog and I did that up until I was 20. So it was, it was like a long period of time that I was on all of this medication. And so I, um, I kind of was born as someone who tested convention and like I just never wanted to follow rules and I just never wanted to little rebel yeah and, and when I was younger it manifested in in rebellious ways right because I would like not listen to my parents and I didn't want to follow the rules at school at Austin High I had like some truancy problems because I never wanted to go <laughs> but I actually graduated which was surprising but um, I immediately left home afterwards I went to New York City and um, was just like testing my own outlook on life. And then I moved then to California after that, another big city straight from Austin. And um, again, 
changed my perspective on life um, and ultimately got into health and wellness through my Pilates certification, which was um, very eye-opening because it was like one of the first times that I had mind-body thoughts ever where I was, you know, feeling my, in my body, why am I having, you know, tightness here, why are these extras, why am I getting so angry when I can't move a certain way? Um, so that sparked, I think, an interest in me of, of my healing path began there. And Pilates training is long, right? Mm-hmm. Mine took a year and a half. So, Damn. yeah, cool. it was over a thousand hour program, that one. That's nuts. Yeah, and I was blessed to be around people in my Pilates certification that um, were both rehearsed in meditation and yoga as well as Pilates. I mean, they both have a lot of um, similarities, but the, the, the meditation aspect and the emotional healing aspect from the yoga teachers that were there helping me um, was really awesome because they ultimately took me to, we, I started doing detox retreats then or, or co-hosting detox retreats with um, one of the women who was helping me with my certification. And then that was when I was like, oh, I shouldn't be taking these pills all the time. Why am I having to live off of these pills just to be able to focus or just to keep my hormones? And I remember it was almost like a light bulb went on. And I was like, not only that, they're expensive as hell. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, cannot afford this. And so I kind of went at that point cold turkey I just was like one day I was like I'm not gonna pay for this anymore I don't want to take these anymore and I stopped altogether and then I was like I'm gonna go raw vegan <laughs> totally uneducated and it so seemed you know, like a good idea. yeah it just seemed like well this is the healthiest thing obviously raw right. vegan and um <laughs> and so I ended up having to deal with the fallout of all of that which was really hard um because then I had, I was telling Baldo, like, I was almost completely sterile of any gut bacteria at all. Um, my hormones were all over the place. I couldn't absorb most of my food, so I ended up having, um, like, hyperactive thyroid. I was diagnosed with it. I was losing my hair. I had almost no color to my skin. Every time I would eat something, raw vegan is hard to digest. Like, totally distended. Of course, then I'm, like, depressed and no energy and I'm trying to teach Pilates and it's like so then I'm like it's just compounding all these things so I'm like well I'm doing everything I can to be healthy I'm like eating all my vegetables and my fruit and my vegetables and so then it like was as I started doing my own research changed I changed so much my diet and just figured out like how to heal my gut figured out all these things that I was deficient in um yeah, so it's, it was it was incredible. That was really where it started. Yeah. And then um, from there, that same woman actually years later invited me to go to a water fasting retreat center in Hawaii. Um, and so I did 14 days on just distilled water. And it was really, really hard. But actually you find, you know, um, you have bursts of energy throughout this this water fast because your body's like letting go of things that um you've been carrying for so long and i say things like emotional things emotional weight that you're holding but also toxins and heavy metals and scar tissue and all and so it's just like unloading and then you have a burst of energy but um ivs were a huge part of 
the detox and this is the detox retreat you're talking about too mm-hmm. yeah so, so the detox retreat i mean when you think of detox like obviously people think of rehab right you're right. you're saying like detox like the horrible crap that's causing you to be sick oh yeah in your body right mm-hmm. that's throwing off your hormones it's causing your hair oh, to yeah. fall out all mm-hmm. that stuff so so they did ivs and mm-hmm. they did vitamin ivs and all that they stuff they did too. vitamin ivs glutathione was a big one um for my special case um we did some edta ivs to okay. get rid of heavy metals which those things will stay in your body yeah. and that's for chelation. A that's yeah. chelation right? yeah <clears throat> yeah and um, so unless you do something drastic, I mean, you have to be healthy enough to be able to go through a detox like that in the first place. But um, unless you do something drastic like that, I think it's really it's really hard to get rid of some of that stuff in your body. Sure, you're carrying of course. Around. I mean, that's when we talk about detoxes here, we, we talk about liver detox. Like that's our lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. So people think about juice cleanses as detoxes. Right. Or coffee enemas. Right. Or like water fasting. I mean, he, we were just talking about this, what, yesterday, right? You were talking about you want to do a water fast? Mm-hmm. Yeah, six day. Yeah. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. I mean. That's what you did too, right, Jenny? Yeah. You I did mean, water fast throughout some of these, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's crazy that, that that is a thing. But like even in the Muslim world, they do that. They do fasting for like 40 days, right? Like, I mean, that's oh, a, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not unheard of. No, it's not unheard yeah. of. And actually, the, the healing qualities of fasting, if you start to go into it, I yeah. mean, are ancestrally we've done this before many sure. times it's re it resets your immune system completely yeah i mean even just a three-day fast your your gut lining completely replaces itself in three days it's just it just it's amazing what your body can do when it's not having to um use the energy to digest all the time sure yeah well the thing i was looking at that i was telling you about was that because a lot of people think in the fasting that you start eating to your muscle but what it really does is that you start eating through your bad t- t- bad muscle tissue and so that's that's interesting it's right because it's like you can get rid of some of that and then it, get new fresh tissue and you know go out there and do it again right and it just, basically like allows the semi-functioning cells to actually die off and then it yeah. tells the body to you know we need to be in tip-top shape like right. so the cells are kind of reprogrammed to get rid of the half-functioning cells and then um, basically recycle the material to make new ones that are fully functioning again. Mm-hmm. So by the end of the fast, you've actually rebuilt and reused proteins as well. Like protein's a big thing is protein reuse happens when, only yeah. when you're fasting. And it's a good way to create <clears throat> new stem cells, right? Like that's, yeah, that's mm-hmm. the big Absolutely. deal. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. that's one of the bigger things. And Which so, is why I want to do it for my knee, is it's basically why so I want to do it. And so people who have <laughs> old injuries, their injuries will dissipate. You know, they, that's, they'll that's go what away. I'm hoping for. I so. had a hip hip problem for years that I couldn't figure out, and after the fast, it was like I haven't had problems with it since then. So then fourteen days, though, right? So you're saying water days. only for fourteen days? Distilled so she did water. Distilled water mm-hmm. for fourteen days. Yeah, distilled water for fourteen days, and then IVs. And it's good to note, too, that, like, this is a thing that you were not doing for weight loss. No. You were doing it for not. detox. It was And you something. were, like, heavily working out during this. No, God. Yeah. No. They, don't, they don't encourage working I mean, out. In fact, I wouldn't encourage it in even a, a, a society. Like, if you're going to work. You need to take this time off by yourself. Yeah, I was you know? going to say. You're resting. Yeah. You have someone watching over you. There are naturopaths and doctors watching over us. So it's not like we were just not eating for 14 days. Yeah. Like it was supervised the whole time. Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day. When someone says they intermittent fast, 
I was like, well, are you eating fat while you're doing that? Because if not, then you're just fasting. And you're just like, you're just not eating. You're skipping right. meals. Right, right. You know, that it, it misses the point, right? Mm-hmm. So, There's still benefits to it, I think. You don't have to be eating high fat for a fast to help you. You actually no. drop, drop into t- ketosis quicker if you don't have any nutrients in your body. Because, like, basically ketosis is the body's way of helping itself survive off of some sort of energy fuel when there isn't any in the body. So um, the body starts producing ketones when there isn't anything else for it to run off of. Um, So eating a lot of fat goes well with intermittent fasting because it trains the body to learn how to burn fat so that the times that you aren't eating, the body knows to tap into body Mm -hmm. fat to make ketones for energy rather than dipping into protein to turn into sugar right. to burn. Right, then that's, that's good, but the problem is that people restrict their calories. Yeah. And they go into something ridiculous like 300 to 400 calories, and the calories might be coming from not veggies, not fat. <laughs> A it might protein be, bar. Yeah, protein yeah. bar. And like yeah. little to no water. Mm-hmm. You know, because when they're fast, they're thinking too, like they might be abstaining from water. Right. Right, like so like the, the premise of it is not supervised, it's not, it's not clear from someone saying like, yes, this is the recommended deal. This is just from someone telling them like, you need to fast, right? In order to lose weight or to regain control of your gut. I mean, there's, there's so many people out there that will go out, out of their way to try something new and they get half the information behind it, right? Exactly. So like, I, I wanna preface that everyone who's listening who wants to do a water detox, like you have to get this supervised. Cause you can't, oh like gosh, you said, absolutely. you can't just go to work and expect to do it. It's like, so we do HCG diet, right? And it's a 500 calorie a day diet. People think that they can eat 500 calories of chicken McNuggets or something like that, right? <laughs> and it's just like, that's not, that's not the, the point, right? And then they say, well, I can work out, right? No, you mm-hmm. can't work out in this. Like, this is like, you're shutting down for a few days to let it recharge, kind of fuel up your metabolism and then go off on its own, right? For certain people, like you have to, you have to abide by these standards, right? Like you said, I'm gonna do this and I have to abide by all the standards. You can't mm-hmm. amend it for like your needs, right? This is like, this is what they do, but at the same time, like, I'm pretty sure there's someone to say, Jenny, you're looking ill. We probably need to stop it at day 10 exactly. or 11, right? And it was, it was, yeah, monitored the entire time. Right. So they were like, okay, I can see that you're, you're either, that's the other thing is they watch your weight too. They watch your weight the entire time. So when they see that you've stabilized and that, and that, you know, your energy and your emotions are, you know, there, then that they'll slowly start you into refeeding. The refeeding process is actually way more important than the fasting process because people have died from, one, detoxing too quickly, not at this retreat, but, you know, you hear about people who would go through detox way too fast and they die from it. And then not only that, they're going through detox and then they start to refeed on things that are unhealthy and it shocks their system. And then they have, they have, hurt themselves pretty terribly from it. So the refeeding process is much more sensitive than the actual detox process. Yeah. It's like you can't fast and then go eat a big piece of steak. Right? God no. So you're <laughs> I mean you're literally rebuilding you're rebuilding your cells at that point. You're rebuilding your microbiome. You're rebuilding and you want to make sure it's it's slow and it's gentle and it's things that are are gonna help that process. So it was we refed on a lot of um, like fermented things, things that were easy to digest, a lot of probiotic drinks that um, we were being made, um, food that was just easy to digest and slow. And we made sure there also that there was enough time for people to be able to refeed and then integrate back into their normal lives. Yeah, I think I've also understood like 
food diet, like reintroduction, like Susan, uh, food sensitivity diets and all mm-hmm. that, you couldn't, it seems like you can always reintroduce a food that you're sensitive to or you have an allergy to. Right. Like, I don't know so far as like anaphylactic reactions, like you could dwindle and distill that. But like, I mean, yeah, if you have an, uh, an avocado allergy and right. you get a rash from it, mm-hmm. you can reset your gut and then slowly mm-hmm. reintroduce your avocado mm-hmm. back into your diet, right? Exactly, yeah. Your microbiome starts, it will not treat it as something that's an enemy at that point then, you know, because you've retrained your immune system to not see this as like an inflammatory invader. Yeah, because when, you, when you're saying like feeding it, like one of the things that I've learned is like there's prebiotics, there's probiotics, right? And so people say, we well, got to feed the probiotics with the prebiotics, right? And so I guess you're saying that's most likely from like the fermented foods, right? You're laying the foundation right. for that bacteria to thrive. Exactly, yeah. Right? And so then when the bacteria is there, then the food that you bring in can't wipe that bacteria out. That's essentially what it is, right? No, you're re- you, you are reprogramming. Like with every time you take a bite of food, you're you are reprogramming your your gut bacteria every single time. So you're you can that's why even they say um, so the giant panda right used to not just eat bamboo. It was it was they used to be meat eaters. I'm pretty sure giant pandas used to, but now they eat bamboo. So their body has literally their gut bacteria has figured out how to get all of the nutrients and minerals that they need from something that's highly fibrous like eating that has almost no other like vitamins and minerals in it but they're feeding their entire body with this it's like so your microbiome will figure out how to pull the vitamins and minerals that you need from your food no matter what it is that's how people can can be vegan and still sustain their life they can eat meat and still sustain their life but the turnover rate for i think they say the turnover rate for your gut bacteria is something like three days so you just need the three days to like change the way that your gut bacteria is going to react to food but that's you know in a healthy that's in a healthy environment so could you think of the could you think of this situation to where if your body and your gut gets used to certain foods you eat and they just kind of thrive on that right like healthy foods and all that stuff will because it sounds like obviously it's like memory right like mm-hmm. gut memory right so we'll do the same thing for unhealthy food like your body gets so fixated on unhealthy food that that's all it craves exactly absolutely but you also can't just go and and say i'm gonna eat nothing but kentucky fried chicken well, it'll just train the bacteria to crave that. Exactly. Not that that's going to be healthy no. for you. <laughs> so like, I can eat pizza and that's all No, but you notice like life. the more clean you get with your diet, yeah. the less you can tolerate or shitty crave, food. Or crave, or crave shitty food. It's because your gut bacteria has started to, to be able to digest food and assimilate the vitamins and nutrients from that food. And then you go and eat, you eat this terrible food, and then it's like, whoa, it's a huge stark contrast from, it's like, what do we do with this greasy chicken? Kentucky Fried Chicken, I yeah, don't know yeah. what to do with this yeah. anymore. Yeah, no, I, I agree. You know, the funny thing that happens, too, is when people drink. And when, uh, what pertains to the detox that we do here, uh-huh. I've heard many a times people come back, and they're like, I get drunk off of two drinks now. Mm-hmm. When before, I, you know, it was a higher tolerance, but they're like, and now I get kind of like really like hungover and sick and I don't mm-hmm. like it. No. And I'm like, yeah, we've cleared all that crap out of you. And then you went and you put it back in. And then now it's like your body freaks out and it's sensitive to it. So right? it's like this guy who was here earlier, he said uh, he really likes sugar. And he <laughs> said something like, what did he say today? He's like, yeah, I do this diet. I'm going to go back to Whole30. 
and I'm gonna go do the whole 30, but he goes, last time when I was like getting toward the end, all I was thinking about was the sugar I was gonna eat. And I could not wait to go back to it. And I was just like, yeah, like you're gonna find out the hard way that that's not gonna work for you because once you reintroduce it, if you're in tune with your body from that whole process of removing it, you're gonna say, damn, my stomach's swollen. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like sweating. Mm-hmm. I'm not constipated now. <laughs> I'm like and then like now I'm not like going to, I'm not sleeping well. Yeah. The, the interesting thing is that he mentioned that when he gave up the sugar and all that, he's like, I, I lost like two belt sizes. And it's like, well, why would you want to go back but, to but, that? But it's funny though, because the whole point was, it was the weight loss aspect. Yeah. Like that's what he was saying. He's like, yeah, I'm kind of, I need to get rid of this. Right. So I think I'm going to do the Whole30 and that's what led to it. My downfall is sugar. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Whole30. I've mentioned that before, but it, 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 you're right. It's absolutely a mindset because... I personally used it to train myself out of having eating disorders and a terrible relationship with food and sugar addiction and all that stuff. Absolutely. And I'm very, very positive that it was a big impact in why I stopped being so depressed and healing my gut, causing me to be less depressed, all that. But if you go into it just because, oh, I'm going to do this thing for 30 days to lose weight, you'll lose the weight. You'll be like, cool, I lost the weight. And then you just go right back into whatever it was. Right. So there's a lot of people who use it for that. They're like, oh, I don't care about learning about my body. I'm just going to do this. But like... If I hire a coach, like my friend Anne-Marie, who's one of the first podcast guests, Mm -hmm. she had someone go through her nutrition coaching, and it was a dude who literally was like, I think you gave me a gluten intolerance, (laughs) because she like had him eliminate it for a while, and when he reintroduced it, he's like, I never used to feel like this after I had bread. I had the same thing happen with somebody that I was talking to, because I was like, well, um, maybe, because she used to eat ice cream all the time, right? So she she loved dairy and had no problem with it, really. Sure. But um, then started cleaning up her diet, and she said, yeah, I had, I had a pint of ice cream last night, and I threw up. I now think I have lactose intolerance. I was like, well, is it possible maybe that you had it the entire time, and your body was just so busy, like, with its immune system, was trying to fight off everything else, you just didn't realize, you didn't have that same reaction. But now you become desynthesized to it. Exactly. Right? Your, your body just gets so over uh, stimulated with all of the things it's trying to detox that it, you know, it's like, okay, dairy, we, we'll deal with that later. Yeah. We have other problems. Yeah. There's also the thing. And in the meantime, you, it's stored as fat. And you don't know how good you can feel until you feel it. Like, yeah. I have a friend who's trying to lose 80 pounds this year right now, and she's doing a really good job. But I was talking to her about it the other day. She's about 35 pounds in, I think, for the year. And she was talking about how amazing she felt and uh she used to be the one giving me crap for how healthy i was right and then now she just said the other day she's like i had no idea how good i could feel until i felt good right and then (laughs) thinking about how awful i used to always feel and just thinking that was the norm is terrifying she's like i'm never going back to that well this is where like the implications of cleaning up your diet are more than just losing weight I mean, it's like the clarity of mind that you have. The more in tune you are then with your emotions and why, why, why you felt like you needed to eat. Was, was it really that you were hungry that you were eating these things? Or was it, were you numbing out? Were you anxious? Were you depressed? You know, whatever. And you were using food or you thought you were hungry. You were feeling a hunger symptom. But it actually wasn't. That's not the case at all. So it's like mindfulness across the board that you're getting from this well i think it's interesting you keep using mind Mm -hmm. and like you keep saying that we're referring to the gut and the gut is the second brain right and so like there we've always talked about this fixation with love and food right there's a connection there right i'm at the point now where i don't even crave certain things all the time like i used to crave like 
I don't know, like, yeah, sugar, Nutella, or I would crave, like, pizza or something. And, like, now when we eat or something, we do it, like, maybe once in a while. Like, so, yeah, let's get that. You know, let's have it. And it's not like we overindulge and we go crazy. But at this point, like, I don't even care. Like, yeah. I really, like, food to me now is more sustenance than anything else. Exactly. Like, I just know I need nutrients from it. I have to eat something. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to eat something. I'm going to eat something that doesn't fuck me up. Like, really. <laughs> like, that's how I'm going to look at it. Like, I don't want to wind up having just this horrible feeling about like why did I eat that and it's not a mindset it's more the idea of saying like did it make me feel better did did it take away my pain did it cause pain you know did your nervous were you, were you actually to use, use it as energy like was yeah. it actually fueling your cells your mind your like everything that you want to do in your life or was it like halting all of that yeah it's and usually the way I look at my food is like okay how do I want to feel later right yeah, yeah. Right. I saw a question earlier um there's this site called Quora it's kind of it's Google's version of Yahoo Answers, but um, someone asked on there, they said, uh, what are the downsides of a paleo diet? They were asking, you know, Whole Foods paleo diet. And I answered it and said, most people consider the downsides things like not eating sugar, not eating bread, feeling like they need to be the burden of their friend group when they're deciding where to eat out. I said, but I consider the downsides of not being on a healthy diet worse because I would feel so much worse if I did eat that bread, if I didn't ask my waiter to fix my plate a certain way. I was like, so it's really just, do you want the downsides of you're not tasting a certain thing right now or the downsides of feeling crappy about it the whole next day? Exactly. Or even for (laughs) the next couple months. Ongoing if you're continuously eating it. Exactly. So it's, it's, yeah, I mean... Every time you eat, you're making a choice, right? You're oh, yeah. deciding. Oh, yeah. I had a friend. Uh, we went gluten-free around the same time. We both went uh, red wheat belly. And we were like, hey, you should read this. Because he thought he had a gluten intolerance. And I was just like, no, I just think I'm just going to stop eating it because I just think it's bad for you. I just mm-hmm. think overall. Yeah. And um, there would be times, because we worked in the medical field, there would be times that the reps would bring food. And it was like really good, like a homemade pie or something. I'm like, are you going to eat that? Yeah, I, I really want to. I shouldn't, but I'm going to eat it anyway. And you eat it and you feel like, shit, was it worth it? Yeah, it was worth it. It was really worth it to not be able to go to the bathroom for two days straight and, like, have <laughs> acne all over your back. Like, that was really worth it? Yeah. And so, to, to me, I'm just like, <laughs> okay. there's nothing I'm going to say that's going to convince you otherwise. Right? Like, that's, that's how it is. But that is the connection from the brain to the gut. Mm-hmm. To literally say, when you feel better through whatever you're eating, your gut will release serotonin that gives you this pleasure from eating it, right? But the problem is, is that people think that that is the serotonin from your brain that's basically reaching that pleasure zone saying, yes, you ate the chocolate, it made you feel good. When truth of the matter is, is that when you actually start eating something that disrupts your gut, you're not producing that serotonin. Serotonin comes from your gut, it doesn't come just from your brain, so if your gut's in disorientation, then you basically you're not producing serotonin, which doesn't make you feel good. You have this guiltiness that comes over you, this depression that comes over you from eating a certain way. And people beat themselves up about it because they're like, I ate that. And they feel like, why do I feel depressed and guilty about eating that stuff? And they think it's the body image issue. Right. I feel bad because I won't attain this body. I won't have, what, what are the thighs that you call it? The, the things that's going on now, the diamond cut gap or whatever. Oh, the thigh gap? The thigh gap. Yeah. Yeah. Like this. That's a thing. I thought that it's was gone. A thing. I thought that was gone. No. I, I am trying trying my best to kill it off, but you. I swear I thought nobody did that. But no, one of my top visited pages on my website is still how no. to get a thigh gap and 
Like yeah, for you guys, it's a trick. But how see, to not get a thigh gap. But see, that's, <laughs> the, but that's, that's the thing is that you're still trying to take everything back to body image, weight loss, right. right? Rather than say, the reason you really feel bad about eating that stuff is because you tore up your gut again and you're not producing enough serotonin. Mm -hmm. And you're basically just causing IBS to happen because you're, you're inflaming your gut. And you know, it's not that you felt bad because you ate that hamburger. Right. It's, it's, there's, a, there's a chemical imbalance. Well, it's an on. interesting thing, too, that you were, Jenny was talking about the emotional connection to food and, like, are you actually hungry or are you hungry emotionally for something that might be lacking in your life? Or are you nervous about something and you're just trying to cover it up with food? Like, as a coach, I've dealt with clients who, they always come to you to lose weight. And you guys, I'm sure, have seen this over and over again. They always come to you because they think it's a weight loss issue, like you just said. And then when you're coaching them, you realize, oh, they're lonely. And right. that's why they think losing weight is going to help them. Because maybe once I lose weight and get to this size, then someone will find me attractive in this. Or right. um, I haven't talked to my dad because he's always disappointed in me. And maybe if I you know, get my life together by starting this fitness program, that'll mend our relationship. There's so many different things that come out when you're coaching someone mm -hmm. that they blame on food and weight loss. Mm -hmm. And really, it's a whole plethora of other issues. And when they're using food that is typically unhealthy to cover up those issues, it is wrecking their gut and causing them to feel even worse about those issues. So it's yeah. just a really terrible self-perpetuating cycle that has a lot of different facets to it. But yeah, it just plays into the whole- Just eat healthy food. Gut, yeah. <laughs> and like, that's why I say I'm con convinced health, Whole30 helped me personally mm -hmm. like get out of my cycle of disordered eating and depression because low serotonin is also related to disordered eating. So the fact that I was dealing with both and then suddenly, Whole30 had so many rules that my disordered eating brain was like, yes, I love this. I'm going to do this. It means I don't have to right. count my calories. Right, right. And then it unintentionally, I didn't know what healing your gut was when I did it, but I unintentionally healed my gut and I was suddenly happier. And, right. you know, you, you change one thing, like someone's food, and get them to actually learn how to tune into their body, and it changes everything. And you see it for what it is as, as food. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't have to be this, like, huge, crazy emotional thing. And it's nice to have a social connection to it, you know, holidays and things like right. that. Social health is healthy. Yes. It's part of health, but... It doesn't most, have to be the thing you do all the time. But most people even fear that. Think about how many people fear the holidays coming up and they're like, oh my God, like I'm going to be around all this food. I would say that's the hardest part of health. Be but what, what's the issue though? It's the self-control. Yeah. I won't, I can't control myself when I see food literally in front of me that I know it's bad for me, but I'm going to do it anyway. What I like about the holidays is if someone is having an issue like that where they know there's a pie in front of them and they're going to eat the whole thing if they get the option they have the social pressure, if you want to call it that, of everyone else being there. So maybe they will actually learn to moderate and eat a slice of pie and enjoy it. And if you can coach them to take a slice, walk away from the table, go sit with grandma and chat with her about how she's doing, you'll actually slowly eat the pie and then enjoy grandma's company. And then when you get up to get seconds, maybe you're like, oh, I'm actually stuffed. I'm good. That was right. 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 Yes. Yeah. But the problem with that is we're living in a society where we glamorize gorging. Mm -hmm. What was the hot dog record Wednesday? <laughs> Everyone knows this. Watch. Everyone knows this, right? But they know the record was broken. It was 74 hot dogs. How that long did it 70, take? I think it was like eight minutes. Oh my gosh. I was on, I heard on the ride. That is oh, 10 hot dogs. There was a corn dog eating contest <laughs> in town too. The eighth annual corn dog eating contest for eight minutes. How many corn dogs you can eat. The guy who won the Nathan's hot dog contest, everyone knows is Joey Chestnut. He basically does it every year. Went from 71 years, 71, 72 is like the home run record. So they're getting that one more hot dog in 
And all of a sudden, like, he, it's funny because he's, like, pretty and he's pretty skinny. fit. It's he's fit. <laughs> and it's him, and it's usually this Japanese guy, right, like, that goes into Kobayashi or something, his name. Mm-hmm. And he's usually, like, as skinny as can be. They train all year for this. And their competition is all these 300-pound guys who basically eat like this all the time and thinking, like, my stomach's big enough. I can probably handle this stuff. And you simply watch them eat hot dogs for eight minutes knowing, I don't know what the meat is. That's all bread going in there, and they're just dipping it in water and just going, ah. For those of you listening on the podcast, Jenny looks like she's having a meltdown. <laughs> yeah. Because I've actually seen videos of this before. How do you and it for makes that? me vo- um, One of my kinesiology professors made us watch a How It Works video on that, and it literally talked about the anatomy of these guys and how they're able to open up their throat. Yeah, of course. They're open open body. Oh, that's of why course. they're dancing around the whole time when they do it, because it helps move the food down their throat oh quicker. But, but see, you talk about... <laughs> yeah, but 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 that was just that was American, right? It's American to watch this because July Fourth, it's always on. It's on TV. We watch it and say, let's watch Man versus Food and see how many chicken wings this guy can eat. San Antonio has a hamburger that used to be at Little Hips that was like this oh, yeah. big. Remember Little Hips, <laughs> I right? That. No, and, I then, do that. and then they had the pizza. They had nachos down there that would like be this big, like five pounds. It would feed like five or six people. We and, saw two guys. And we it. saw two guys sit down and eat it, and it fed my family of five at one point. <laughs> and these two guys ate it, and I would just. Well, we had a. We were in a fraternity together. We had a we had a jalapeno eating contest too one time, and we had, I ate a shit ton. Yeah, of but like the jalapeno is different than eating like the chicken wings and the nachos and all that. And it was more like we knew it wasn't healthy at all, right? We just knew it wasn't. Guys, you know, college doing whatever. But like <laughs> when you see it glamorized on TV, you wonder why we have this weird connection with food because we don't know what to think of it, right? Right. Like. Um, you know, McDonald's has a signature line of hamburgers out now, right? Oh, and gosh. I mean, it's I don't I don't know what that means other than they're saying, "Hey, nobody wants to eat the Big Mac anymore. We got to come up with a new burger that people think is healthier for you." Right? right. So what can we do? How can we disguise this stuff? How can right? we entice them and make it entertaining yeah. as well as something that you can eat? Go to go to the Rangers ballpark in Arlington, and every year they come out with some crazy new hot dog, and it's the new one that's like three feet long. It's thirty dollars. And it, they put like Frito pie on it or something, and, and hot Cheetos it's on so, it. So it really is very degrading. They're like the food industry treats us like children. Yeah, they, they advertise to us like well, we buy it. They, they, <laughs> they are stupid. We I buy went it. a really long time without watching TV because I was like, I don't want to watch commercials, like subliminal advertising. I just don't even want a part of it. And then I, I have obviously seen commercials since then, and I'm just like, oh, that is so offensive. <laughs> Why are they talking to me about this? This like. That even like the Domino's commercials, like the the main character in there is like sitting in a giant recliner, like it's just the whole thing. And I'm like, I don't want the advertising. They're looking at me like I'm a. It's slug. also horrible. Domino's has like the pizza insurance. I how love is, that. How, insurance. Yeah, how is that? How are, it's, it's sad that that's what. Then we're like, oh, I'm gonna go buy that now. I I'm feel like there's also now. a little bit of a pushback, like. John's, you know, talking about the glamorization of the unhealthy stuff. I feel like there's a really weird divide in America where 
there's the health people who are really trying to be health conscious, and then the other ones who are like, screw that, I right. eat what I want. Like, you can't tell me what to do. Right, right. I'm going to go eat that big American. Like, American. Yeah. American. Right. Have you seen that? Uh, can we say Diet Coke? I guess I just said it. <laughs> <laughs> the Diet Coke commercial, hey, Diet Coke, and then that's what it says us, at the end. Yeah. It's like, no, drink a Diet Coke because I can't. Like that's yeah. that's the whole marketing well, part. Of well, it. remember when uh, corn oil was actually getting a bad rap like ten years ago? Monsanto came out with that commercial that said, "Oh, it's corn natural. oil is good for you because it's natural. It comes from corn." And then they have like a kid in their family like walking through a cornfield, like touching, they're touching it. It's like, yeah, like, oh my god, I love you, corn. It, you know, it's it's great. Like this is natural. It's part of everything, and it's more like. We have been dumbed down, institutionalized, oh, and basically degraded to the point where we're saying, you know what, you know it's bad for you, but you're going to eat it anyway because it's not a choice. Right. And because it's everywhere. Yeah, it's in the school systems, right? The school system says, these are the foods you can eat. So if you go to Austin High, you go to Bowie right oh now, you're going to have the one line that's the school lunch, the dollar fifty or whatever it is, right? Maybe they have some veggies on it, maybe they don't. They have a salad bar. And then what are all the kids going to? What do the kids go to? Remember, it was Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, Subway. My go-to lunch that. in high school every day was a mini pizza, a bag of Doritos, and a thing of milk. And they, the vending machine outside. Yeah, they, yeah the, the vending machine. I had the cheetos, I cheetos, when, cheetos, hot cheetos with cheese. When we were in middle school, there was like a huge thing in Austin because they were trying to take the vending machines out oh, yeah, of middle that. schools, and everybody was pissed. They're like, no. And then we also had the food court. It was literally McDonald's, Taco Bell, and Little Caesars in our middle school. Um, that's mind-blowing. Yeah. And that's not even to talk about hospital food. And it's like, come on. Well, it's, it's well, okay, yeah. so, like, if I'm, if I'm marketing, I'm saying I want my kids, I want those kids to come up, run into the parents saying, take me to go get this. Right. Right? Go take me to go do this. As a parent perspective, we, we, we can't cook. Right. Right? Tamales are no longer being taught in Hispanic families how to make it. Like, it's just going to die off probably in the next generation. Mm. Right? Would you not agree? Like, yeah. how many... But they're tamales? not the healthiest. But it's not the healthiest either, but <laughs> it was still like cooking and a tradition of cooking food together. With your family. With yeah. your family. So now you don't have that. Right? So now right. you say, what can we pick up today? What do we want to go sit down and go eat at? So you go to a table, you go to a restaurant, everyone's on their fucking phones. Right? right? They're talking, and then no one's talking to one another. And then they're eating this food that they can't enjoy because they don't know how long they're going to be able to sit down and eat it. And they, it's way too much for them. And they take it home. And then they basically discard it. Mm-hmm. Right? There was some report the other day how much food we even waste. So it's like yeah. on top of gorging on crap to begin with, we waste all that anyway. Mm-hmm. And then we're the only damn society where all this obesity is like killing us when the rest of the world is like basically dying and starving for a clean glass of water. Well, and then even in our society, they're like more production we need more work you work longer hours you do all these things but you also eat the shitty food and so then people obviously how how are you gonna live i mean that's just we're also like overfed and undernourished which is a pretty common phrase but how does that even happen how can you be undernourished if you overeat so you are you are overfed in terms of calories which is why there's the obesity problem but undernourished in terms of nutrients so it's very interesting when you think about the body's satiation, you know, satiation factor, um, how full you feel, is determined by the number of nutrients you consume, which is why a salad that's 500 calories feels really nice and fulfilling, um, but a 1,500-calorie bag of french fries, you could still eat after that. 
Right. The cal- your body doesn't register calories to feel full. It registers nutrients. nutrients yeah. And so um, that's like very common, especially with the homeless in America who are all overweight because people are just handing them bags of fast food all day or they're purchasing it for themselves. So they're eating a lot of calories that are then being stored as fat, but they don't feel full. But the, the companies know that. Yeah. They, they, they know damn well. Absolutely. And the top, they, not only do they design the foods that way, but then they put ingredients in there to make you crave it more, right? Yeah. Just all you need is add a little bit of sugar, right? I mean, I, I, I said it the other day, right? I said that the guy went on 60 Minutes, went to the chemistry, uh, chemistry lab and said, what kind of strawberry flavor do you have? He pulls out a tray and says, we got 70 Petri dishes. Which kind of strawberry do you want, right? And then this one's extra sugary, and this one's going to crave... You can make the person crave it more, more addicted to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, why else would people keep eating McDonald's hamburgers? Well, I mean, it doesn't taste good. It no. really doesn't taste good when you go get a real burger and you're like, damn, I can feel like that this was some love put into this. This was concocted by God knows what, by who knows what, right? I know Subway says they break, uh, bake their uh, bread daily, but it's like it's already made and then they just kind of heat it up. Mm-hmm. It's like a glamorized microwave, mm-hmm. right? So... I, I just, it's an, it boggles my mind how we can be undernourished and what people don't understand is the hormones aspect. Leptin is one of the hormones that tells you you're full, right? And so what literally happens is I guess apparently now with the calorie intake that makes sense, leptin's probably delayed going sky high because by the time we're sitting eating, I think it takes a delay for your body to produce leptin hormone and say, hey, you're full. So by the time that gets to that point, you're already like super full. Mm-hmm. And you keep overeating, but the signals, the hormones from coming from your gut and your brain tell you, I think you're full, but you're still eating. Right. Why are you still eating? Like we told you you're full like five minutes ago, but now it finally hit the brain. It's like when you stub your toe and then you get that delay response, mm-hmm. right? It's like, oh yeah, that hurt. Here it comes. Ow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? That's why people say chew your food 30 times or whatever it is and then sit down and step away from your food. Right, for just a it's minute. It's about an eight-minute response that it takes for the for the leptin hormone to send signals to the brain, which is why when you're eating super fast in your car or you're eating alone and you're just kind of sitting there eating, it's very easy to get to a point eight minutes in where you're just starting to receive the leptin messages so that by the time you're 15 minutes into your meal and done, you're over full. That's like the second basket of chips. <laughs> That's basically yeah. what it is, right? Wasn't well, the leptin... Is a hormone it ultimately. Is a hormone. So if your hormones are off, then leptin is not properly firing ever. Right. Really. And that's a hormone issue. Right. That's a hormone. No issue. one talks about that hormone though. No, I mean, and so, but I even so I had problems with doing keto because of the leptin sensitivity. It throws off. It can throw off your leptin sensitivity. That's. I, mean, I think well. that's why I didn't like keto too. And oh, so really? it makes it to where okay. you, there are some people who react to the keto diet who, who can't feel full. I, I never felt not. hungry or full, which is why I stopped. Like, I, I, I'm still very low carb most of the time, but I'm not keto low carb. But, like, you know, keto, we're doing real keto. You're high fat. Very, very high fat. At least 70% of your diet. And women, especially, I think our, our hormones are, are more sensitive. So it's hard for women to do keto, I believe. I've heard about it in several podcasts <laughs> where people didn't mention something like it, keto's of, not for women. Though. Yeah, and yeah. They go as far as saying origin- like it's not for women, but I don't necessarily know I think originally these like, these, like, really... Um, major 
uh, diets that are like canceling out really big macronutrients are meant for detoxification. They're meant for a short period of time. That's why I actually really love Whole30 mm-hmm. because it's not really it's canceling out any major macronutrients. It's, it's focused on nutrient-dense food, right? So you're getting as much as you can from your food. So then like keto, they, that, they heal so many things with ketogenic diets, you know, people who have cancer, people who have seizures, um, autism, they've, they've brain injury. Yeah, brain it was injuries, created originally like a long time ago for epileptics, and yeah. those are the only people who respond well to it long term. Right. Um, I won't say only, but the, those are the people that only that we have research on long term for it actually being sustainable. But it is a lot harder for women because of the extra hormones. Um, a lot of the females who do keto and our big proponents of it suggest um, a carb up day every once in a while for women to help with the hormone balancing. Yeah. Right. But, yeah. But I think, yeah, so that's being, again, mindful. Why are you doing keto? What's the reason for you doing keto? Is it because you're doing weight loss or is it because you just want something that's going to be sustainable yeah. for your lifestyle over time? I like avocados, and I usually skip lunch because I'm so busy. That's why I do keto and intermittent fasting. That's because really, it fit in my lifestyle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, honestly, as I said, like, hey, avocado fat is great for you. Oh yeah. I've made it my life's work to not treat symptoms like running after cholesterol and mm-hmm. chase inflammation. Our brains are made of fat. Our hearts mm-hmm. made of fat. Our eyes are made of fat. Mm-hmm. Why not eat more fat? Mm-hmm. Our bodies have tons of fat. Why not make it good fat? Mm-hmm. And then on top of it, I was like, it makes me full. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I don't have to eat lunch. Who has time for lunch? I mean, honestly, like, if I'm busy doing a bunch of other stuff, am I going to drive 30 minutes over here to go sit down, wait for a food that's made in five minutes, when I'm just like, why can't I just eat something raw here? That's essentially what we do, right? We ate, like, raw salads today, and I think the only thing was cooked was quinoa and the salmon. Yeah, why had tofu? Yeah, tofu. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, but, like, I have an avocado right up there just in case I actually need yeah. it anytime. Like, you eat a whole I avocado. I actually felt bad because I brought an avocado too. I was like, I guess I'm not going to get to eat my avocado. I feel too. bad today. I'm wearing my <laughs> avocado socks and I haven't had my avocado yet. I, I have avocado socks. You do? Yes. I you love avocado socks. Damn it. You should have worn it. got avocado underwear. I got avocado. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, avocados <laughs> are Friday, pineapples are Wednesday. <laughs> Okay, so somebody. I'm can, sure. I'm sure y'all can find an avocado laundry too. If, if you can bring me some celery, uh, maybe some blueberries or something like that, uh, I would be willing to wear. Them. These are all natural foods that you're talking about. These are all foods that like come from uh, as something recognizable, like a plant or. I a tree honor. Or... I worship the avocado so much that I wear it every Friday, and I put the whole damn seed in my Vitamix to make sure I blend it with our shapes. How does that taste, by the way? It's frothy. Okay. It's I'm, cool. Actually, it's it's very thick and frothy. It doesn't taste that bad. Um, he makes an avocado uh, turmeric salsa. Seed? With the this, seed. Oh, with the seed. Well, I don't know. Do you cook the seed in? Hell yeah. Because the seed has uh, uh, antioxidant properties mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, that's so But that's nature for you, right? Mm-hmm. Saying, like, we gave you everything you need already. I'm sure the skin has a bunch of crap in it, too. That's I've done it with the skin, you. too. I don't like it, but the pieces don't get breaking down. I'll make sure I take the sticker off to remove the chemicals. <laughs> I, that's what I do. Because okay. otherwise I eat them like the shit. What is that? It has the most nutrients. It has the most nutrients in it. The sticker. The sticker. <laughs> yeah. All right. So got to wrap up here. Okay. So um, if anyone were to find Jenny Weaver, mm-hmm. what's your Instagram handle? Jay Weaver says. Jay Weaver underscore says. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if they want to take a class with you. 
take a class. I teach at Pilates 360 here in Westlake, and I also teach in Lakeway at Synergy Pilates right now. Awesome. And then if they want some coaching from you? If they want coaching from me right now, my website is, is down, but it's thewellnessendeavor.org. Awesome. Okay. Well, I know we look forward to having you on the guest host. <laughs> I know. And uh, we'll have a lot of fun with this. So everyone, eat your damn avocado. <laughs> have a good weekend. Yes.